Rethinking the Bible with Jack Pelham, Episode 12, Family Discussion, Following Up on the COVID-19 Issue. Welcome to Rethinking the Bible with Jack Pelham. This is an audio podcast where we apply reality-based thinking to interpreting the Bible. It's a serial podcast, meaning that it's best if you start from episode one and work your way forward from there, because we lay some foundational principles up front, and you'll be lost later if you skip them now. Just so you know, reality-based thinking is my name for a philosophy that seeks to make constant use of honesty, rationality, and responsibility in seeking out the reality of things. And I define reality as the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to one's perceptions, beliefs, or wishes about them. I wanted to make a few offhand remarks before we get into today's discussion with Kay and James and myself. I had thought we were done with the COVID-19 issue and was uh, eager to get back to our overall plan at looking at how God wants us to think as Christians. And indeed, uh, we need to get back to that. Uh, One of the things that makes this issue of COVID-19 so difficult is that we're not great at thinking through things consistently, honestly, rationally, responsibly all the time. Uh, However, COVID-19 continues to tear the churches apart. It continues to break relationships between Christians who see it differently from one another. It's a very serious issue. People are struggling with, oh, my governor is appointed by God, or no, he's not. And at the same time, oh, my elder or my pastor is appointed by God, or others, no, he's not. And, uh, And the latter I would love to get into, and we're just not ready yet. We need to deal with other things first before we're able to look well at that topic. But altogether, it's a perfect storm that brings out the conflicts between our various internal beliefs, showing that not all of our beliefs are our best ones. They, if two ideas don't go together, they can't both be good. <laughs> Maybe neither one of them is good. Maybe they both need to be thrown out. Maybe they both need to be tweaked and improved in such a way that they do fit together. But this is such a major time of conflict, and uh, it just seemed like we're not really done dealing with this. Uh, In particular, I had a couple of thoughts after Episodes 9 through 11 that I was uh, surprised that I did not think of during, so as to mention then, and they seemed worthy of entering into the record. And so we're going to talk about that today. And also... One of the reasons I don't talk off the cuff very often, like I'm doing to you right now, is that uh, it's easier to make mistakes when we don't write it down and vet it all and do all that up front. And so I have two examples of that in the very conversation you're about to hear today. So I wanted to go ahead and make those corrections up front here for the record. At one point, you'll hear me say that there are 4 million active military in the U.S. Well, that's a a right number, but for the wrong category, that's the number of federal employees there are, and there are about 1.3 million active military, and that that comes up in the conversation later. And then also, I had uh, written down a, a Bible passage to quote, but did not write down the reference for it, and so in the episode, you'll see me guessing where this comes from, and to me, it looked like it was 1 Corinthians uh, 14. Uh, actually, it's Romans 14, just so you know. So that'll be obvious when we get there. 
Anyway, this difficult uh, topic really is putting us to the test, and it's been part of my point all along that we as Christians need to learn how to think better and better. And boy, is this a big topic that just shows where we tend to falter. It reminds me of the proverb that says, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? And that makes me think that, oh, we're supposed to be strong enough where we don't falter when things get hard. Uh, but our culture as Christians, uh, and I'm speaking generally here about Christians in the United States, in the churches, because that's what I know about. I've never lived abroad to know anything about their cultures. But our cultures, we tend to be a little sloppier in how we think and how we develop our beliefs and so forth. And so this one has really got us on the ropes uh, as all kind of people are having very difficult troubles. So the discussion today uh, is James and Kay and me talking through some of these things, bringing up some further points, some bonus material that wasn't covered in episodes 9 through 11. And we talk about uh, people and how we think and how we cheat in our thinking and all that. We talk about the Constitution and the Bible and uh, we don't really mean to turn this into a Constitution blog, and yet there's so much similarity with the way we cheat with our constitutional thinking uh, and the way that we cheat in the Bible and the way we think through that. So this is a long discussion. Uh, it may be longer than you want to do it in one sitting. Please just take a break, stop it, uh, come back to it later when you can. Or maybe this kind of discussion is just not your thing and you want to skip it altogether. But we hope it helps you. And we hope, uh, we know also that uh, some people tell us, gee, I wish I could have conversations like this at home or with my friends. And so uh, we don't hesitate to have these conversations every once in a while, every few episodes, because not everybody has this available. So if this is great for you, we're so glad. If uh, you would rather not... Uh, hear these kinds of discussions as opposed to the normal format of most of the episodes. We totally understand, and uh, we trust you'll figure it out whether you want to listen or not. So um, that is what I wanted to say uh, before we get into this podcast, and I hope that you will really listen in a good way, in a deep way, because we ask some questions here that are very hard for most people to answer. And we hope that you'll have the courage to say, you know, that's very hard for me to answer. I need to do some homework on this before I just rattle off something and shut the issue down. So that's all I'll say about it. Here is uh, James and Kay and me in a discussion that's about an hour and a half, I believe. And so we hope that you find this useful as you wrestle with COVID-19 and the masks and uh, who's in charge and did God appoint them or not, and if so, in what way. So thanks for joining in. Well, here we are for another family session. We're in Kay's Piano Studio once again. You may hear the traffic driving by from time to time or trains across the street, but I'm glad to have Kay and James join me. Thanks for coming in today. And uh, what we wanted to do is to do a bit of review and a further summary about the episodes 9 through 11, which were entitled 
the American mask crisis and how Romans 13 does not prohibit civil disobedience. We had some uh, interesting conversation uh, with just a few people. Not many people like to give feedback, which is regrettable, but uh, a few people did. And so we have some further things that we thought were worth sharing today and thought we'd just do it in a family um, discussion. So uh, let me remind everybody before we get started talking about uh, Romans 13, and I'm just going to read one and two, and this is from the uh, English Standard Version. Uh, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. So uh, there are seem to be two different camps, different from mine. Of course, my idea was that this was about angels who were overseeing the congregations at that time. But um, uh, I, even after hearing the case that I made, I, some have uh, maintained their positions, obviously, as a lot of people mm-hmm. are apt yeah. to do, you know, status quo bias and that sort of thing. Don't want to change anything. And so they still think this is about human governors and, you know, the government, that the people in that building over there, that sort of thing. Uh, and then the second camp is a little bit more uh, sophisticated about it. They say, well, yes, but in our country, uh, the supreme law of the land is not people sitting in chairs in some building, but it is the Constitution itself. So they're a little bit more sophisticated in their view, but it's they still say the government with this uh, further understanding. So does this make sense what the two mm-hmm. camps are? Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then my camp says, hey, this isn't about uh, what's down at the courthouse or what's up at the Capitol. This is about angels who were then overseeing like they're not doing now. And of course, that is difficult for people because that's weird and freaky and uh, spooky or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it's different from what they're used to. Mm-hmm. So they think, well, this can't be right. It's different from what I'm used to. So about the human governors. Uh, I had two more thoughts, and I was uh, kind of surprised at myself that I didn't think of them to put them in those first two episodes. But um, what do you think about this? If all the governments are put in place by God, and uh, so-and-so is the president, and here it is an election year, and I want to go vote against that incumbent. Right. How do you know that they, well, they... If, if they were chosen by God, and so he used, you know, the ele- how do, you're voting against the one that God has installed in the well, office. Well, right, right. If I'm going to play the role of a person who holds this position, right. I'm going to say, well, that person, God put that man in office or that woman in mm-hmm. office, and I'm going to vote against them. Right. Well, how is this not sin? Right. right. It would just be very odd, because how, how would you justify that? Because... Um, it, you know, well, what is the, you know, you might be fighting God kind of thing. Oh, right. Right? right. Because, you know. I suppose a, a person might say that, um, you know, God wants someone, uh, God wants someone to win this, this election. And so he's going to work through everyone to make sure it happens. And so uh, I don't know how he wants me to vote or something. And so it just. <laughs> however right. I'm directed to. Right. Okay. Well, it gets tricky. If you want to say, okay, God instituted all of this, well, why do we have a vote at all? Right. 
what are we supposed to do with our vote? Uh, you know, according to law, we can vote against an incumbent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are, are we going to say, well, the law isn't as good as the Bible here, and therefore, well, if he gets it for four years, I guess he's got it for eight. You know, this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, but th- this is something that I think really ought to trouble people significantly, and it doesn't. Not that I can tell. I don't see. Well, a lot yes, of if about you this. if you are. If you are thinking that way, that this person was specifically chosen by God, it's obvious because they're the one that got in the office. And if it says that God chooses, you know, they've been placed there by God, then if you think it through, then it would seem odd. Well, how can I vote against them then? Right. Unless you want to get more sophisticated, too, and say, well, in our system... Uh, we do things a little different, and God's okay with that because, hey, God instituted mm-hmm. our system. And back in you know seventeen. Well, uh, and I think uh, that people just—I uh, think most people that believe that think that God uses the vote to to choose the man. Okay. Or, oh, sorry, the man or the woman. The man or the woman. <laughs> that's right. And so, uh, well, sooner or later you're going to be right. Yeah, uh, I know. Eventually, we will have a woman as president. Yeah. That, well, I didn't, you right. know, not just president, but you or know. as anything else. Sure, yes. Of course. Uh huh. Okay. So here's the thing. If God institutes, or if God decides who's in office, how does He do it? For example, does God ever? put somebody in office uh, even though they lost at the voting booth? Well, some people would say yes because they might, right, right. <laughs> they're yeah. arguing over the election or, you know, the electoral college. Of course, we also think that, you know, are the elections even legal, uh, you know? Right. There's a question that, of, but, of which voting booth. Right. So, you know, is God going to go even beyond the supposed cheating and voting, will he still get his person in the office? But, um, yeah, and I was also thinking about when um, these ideas of an in, impeachment or if we want to remove some, you know, impeachment, charging oh. them of offenses. Well, how dare oh. we charge God's... An, oh, you know, how excellent. Yes. I'm going to use the word anointed. I know that whatever, oh, right, but if right. it says he's... Uh, I mean, there is the way where, um, you know, Saul, I mean... Saul was God's, King Saul was, was God's anointed. And David said himself, you know, why don't you go after him? He's like, well, I can't go against God's anointed. Right. That was a definite, That's right. that that was God's anointed. So as bad as Saul was, um, David understood he was God's anointed. Well, if we believe the same, that these uh, people are specifically chosen by God, well, how dare we go against them to bring charges against them to try to remove them from office. Right. Even before, you know, an election. Well, what if they're really bad? <laughs> yeah. Right. Can, can we then violate uh, this this idea of Romans 13, 1 and do it anyway? Well, God, we knew better. We knew this one didn't really right. count. Right. Yeah. Right. And so uh, now, uh, you know, our audience will probably be made up of people from different political parties and all that. But the question is, shouldn't we... If we're going to go with this interpretation, shouldn't we be highly alarmed and in a state of major emergency over the fact that people would vote against an incumbent or that they would uh, seek to impeach mm-hmm. an incumbent? Right. Yeah. Right. Shouldn't this be like, oh, oh boy, we can't do right. that. If, how if dare we believe we? those are God's appointed people, then That's yes. Right. Now, if we believe that, how do we deal with the fact when God puts a monster in office? Right. Who well, disobeys the Constitution and cheats and lies and steals and... 
and does, you know, and, and has people murdered in other countries and does unjust wars and such. Mm-hmm. How should we feel about that? How do we, how do we uh, make that into an okay story? Yeah. Also, when the government works against the government, because it, it's such a, you know, multi Oh, the thing. internal struggles yeah. between the, the deep state-ish kind of idea yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so um, this is... This is a real problem, I think, with our culture that we don't tend to think through things. Mm-hmm. We will say, oh, yeah, that's the explanation I'm going with. Right. Sure, that's it. But you couldn't, you would wither under these questions. Right. right. So you don't consider the implications of what you believe. Well, if that, then therefore this. Exactly but people right. just blow it off. because. And one thing they love to do, and this too is Bible cheating, they will say, well, it's a mystery, bro. Right, right. <laughs> and they appeal to mystery, which shows that they've never really studied out the use of this term mystery in the New Testament because there it refers to things having been revealed huh. already. Huh. Right. Right? Hmm. And so not to things that are still covered up and, right. and hmm. uh, you know, spooky or yeah. you know, unknown and all this. And so... A lot of times that appeal, appeal to mysteries, well, I can't explain my own doctrine, but I'm going with it anyway, and I'm just going to chalk it up to the mysteries of God, yeah. right? And so uh, this, I think, is a real problem. Here's another one. When the United States uh, president sends the military off to fight some war someplace, and it's supposed to be the Congress doing it according mm-hmm. to the Constitution, but, right. but either way, uh, when we go off to war, who are we fighting? Is it not another country with a government that God has supposedly instituted right. himself? Yeah. Right. When right. you did bring this up a few weeks ago, like you said, you know, these things occurred to you after you had done those episodes. But I got to thinking about that and how much we Americans look at the Bible through our American eyes. And so... Um, and I posted on Facebook about that. And I have a, a friend that lives in another country. And she said, this is very true. She's an American living in another country, but she realizes how much American Christians see the Bible through their American eyes. And so if we look at that scripture and think about, oh, that's that's our governing authorities, that's our American government they're talking about there. No, if, if this scripture applies to all human governments, then it would apply to every government on the planet. This It wasn't just written. Paul wasn't writing to Americans when he said that, if... You know, if that's what he meant. And so you're right about this going to war. Well, if those other, so if this American government was instituted by God and the people specifically chosen that are currently serving, serving, hmm, um, then it would be the same for other countries. So not only are you going to fight against those um, God-appointed authorities in other countries, but you are telling their people to rebel against oh, sure. their own government, right. which one ought not to do if those are God-appointed leaders. Indeed. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have, what, four million-something active military people and how many millions and millions of retired, uh, still-living mm-hmm. military who made their livings from this. They were, in, in this case, if this interpretation is right, mm-hmm. they were professional sinners, mm-hmm. right? right? Going off to resist God, as it says mm-hmm. here, and uh, those who resist will incur judgment. Right. Is it any different if I'm the soldier than if I'm the taxpayer who's funding the soldier? 
Well, no, you're supporting this this effort. So. Well, I like your answer. I think you're right. But uh-huh. I know a lot of people say, "Oh no, no, no." Even the soldier, they say, "Well, I'm just doing my job. I'm just, I'm just obeying orders." Well, yeah, and right? the people paying the taxes just say, "I'm just paying my taxes. I don't know what they do with the money." That's right. But you yeah. do. But you just choose not to think about it. You're just going to ignore it because you don't want to deal with it. But um, yeah, so you had used the word civil disobedience there, in, you know, in the title of the episode, and that's what you are asking the other you know people in these other countries to disobey their governments to just rise up against them uh yeah and, and so not that there aren't other countries that don't already have their own uh disunion inside right. the, mm-hmm. right and people they're underground but we ought not to be a part of that if we should if, leave, if that's, leave these that's right. god-appointed governments alone all that's over right. the world so now, make let me make it plain that uh i don't think this is the right interpretation right of, uh, but i i don't think that undermining other governments is something we should be doing anyway right i think mm-hmm. it's sinful for other reasons even if this mm-hmm. passage weren't in the bible because mm-hmm. it's just not our that's not my country over there right, right? Mm-hmm. it's not and we'll talk about that later that's not my business that's not my stuff that's mm-hmm. not my role and mm-hmm. I'm content to leave it alone but there are billions of dollars to be made off of opening up new markets taking over new markets mm-hmm. across the world mm-hmm. and so that has a lot to do with the wars that we fight uh, but if this passage means what so many millions think it means why aren't they in sackcloth and ashes and tearing their clothes and pulling their hair out and praying to God and, and fasting and all this about OMG uh, woe is me, what ruin we're in, and mm-hmm. look what our people are doing. Mm-hmm. So I think this is grievously uh, incongruous here. If you're going to say these things are sin, then you need to think it through and realize just mm-hmm. how many of these things mm-hmm. that are going on and how bad they must be in the eyes of God if you've got this right. Right. Now, I don't, <laughs> I don't mean to suggest... Well, therefore, it would just switch positions and think something else mm-hmm. because these things are still very bad. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to know a real eye-opener book that I read, it's a little dated, maybe 10 years old, by Stephen Kinzer. It's called Overthrow. And I think the subtitle is something like America's Century of Regime Change. And it talks about how not just the military, but the CIA have gone behind the scenes. And this is more what you're talking about, undermining a country from within, mm-hmm. messing with its markets, buying out or... or uh, in, intimidating its leaders to do what the U.S. wants and all this. Mm -hmm. So we are deep in that business, uh, both uh, undercover and out in the open with Mm -hmm. military and and other things like that. And so this is super serious. Okay, so let's talk for a second about the the person who takes a more sophisticated view and says, well, it's not uh, about the people who sit in the seats of government in our system, it is the Constitution mm-hmm. that God has instituted. Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, uh, to me, the problem is what's the truth? So, the, I mean, this may work out fine for, you know, the consequences of believing that you will not obey, you know, follow illegal laws. But... Um, but what is the truth of the thing? Because, first of all, you're, you've just said that they might believe that it's the that paper, that charter that God has instituted. Um, like God wrote the paper himself? Right. Well, and it's also, it gets close to what we believe about the scriptures, that they were, the scriptures were inspired by God. Holy okay. men of old were directed, you know, to write the things that they did. We, you, get, you start to get this idea 
about it. Um, and a lot of people have that idea. Right. You not, know that, not, it's a minority, but... Right. So if, if God wrote the Constitution, is it a sin then, or at least highly questionable, to uh, amend it? Yeah. There you yes. go. Yes. I was waiting for that. Uh, yeah, because it, it's in the Constitution that you can't amend it. Right. But if God wrote it, who's going to say, hey... Y'all turn to Luke chapter 2. I have some better ideas than what's right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, I was thinking about, here, let me add an 11th commandment or something. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. God didn't think of this one. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So what, if we take this higher view, what does that do with the face masks? Well, that, that fixes the face mask. Hey, the governor has no authority. Right. To tell me I have to wear this mask or I have to social distance or shut down my business or stay in my house. Mm -hmm. He has none of that. He doesn't have a leg to stand on. Okay, that fixes that. Yeah, and that's what I was saying, that it's to to take that stand, uh, the consequences of it initially are not necessarily bad because they will, you know, they get you out of some things. Mm -hmm. And these things are true that... Uh, you know, certain mandates are unconstitutional. They are illegal. And um, so there's truth there. But um, but is it true that that paper was inspired of God? And then you go back to the truth of what is Romans 13. It doesn't matter if this works out good, your interpretation of it. But if it's not true, it's not true that that's what Romans 13 was talking about. So, uh, you know, you're missing out on a truth. Mm-hmm. And um, now the thing that you're talking about here is not a, as you know, it's not something you knew all your life, nor I. Right. And it's, it's, it's new knowledge to us. And we know that most people are like this. They've never seen this before. So if there might, you can, if you are ignorant of this, then there is some, okay, I didn't know, but now you do know, and to not pursue to see, is this true? What is, then, you know, what does that say about a person that they wanted to, no, I'm just going to keep believing this because this works. Yeah, I think this is huge what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having studied uh, cognitive science a lot more than ever before, I realize certain things about how people tend to be, not that there aren't exceptions among us, but uh, a new idea hits us. Well, we have this status quo bias kind of thing. We don't want to change anything. And it's easy to think dumb junk like, well, if I were wrong about this, I would know it Mm -hmm. already. All right. And so the fact of the matter, though, is some of this new stuff takes a while to get in Mm -hmm. to your thinking where you really grasp it. And you hear it once and blow it off. And this is why I'm disappointed that so few people respond to our podcast uh, because I think we need to. We need to talk this through and mm-hmm. iron out the the kinks and, and realize, okay, what is the actual sticking points I'm having mm-hmm. with this or that? And, you know, well, I, I just don't believe uh, there would be any change in the angels, so your thing can't be right. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, let's go in the Bible and look right. for changes in the angels and see if there's any sort of uh, precedent for this. You know, we could do that work, but we're not going to do it if nobody ever opens their mouth right. and says anything, right? Yeah, and um, I mean, you know, one thing, this goes back to just your original podcast, Does God Care About How We Think? Yes. And so if he does, and, you know, he wants us to think through the things. Uh, we have had uh, friends through the years, you know, 
uh, say, oh, one ought not to speculate. You get into dangerous territory. Yes. And I know this is not scripture. He wasn't inspired of God, most likely. Who knows, though? But with the Aristotle quote about, you know, the sign of the educated Oh, it's the mark of the educated mind. Right, that he could consider a thought without accepting it. Embracing it. Yeah, right. And so there is no, it it is worth considering something and taking the time and just trust you're not going to be led astray by this. And you can, you can just, you know, once you've investigated and if it doesn't turn out to, you know, make sense to work out, just brush it aside and, you know, wait for the next one that you don't, you can entertain a thought without, you know, having to accept it, but to consider it. And, um, I, and so does God care about how we think? I think that he delights in us considering things that are not of this world, you know? What do you say to the person who takes it as a challenge to their faith and to God himself, that somebody would question some tenet of their belief? Well, they, they've got their their particular doctrine so wrapped up and, oh, this is totally from God. And and um, so what is your decoupling thing or something like that? They're not able to or they won't separate. Uh, well, yeah, this is a major theme here, what a cognitive scientist might call decoupling. Mm-hmm. You've got whatever your scheme of thinking is, your habitual self, mm-hmm. and then something new presents. And you're like, well, that doesn't look right. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. Never heard that before. Therefore, that must be wrong. Let's go back to as we were doing, right? It must be wrong. Well, and if people were honest, they could look at things in their life that they did not once know or believe that they do believe now. Yes. If you ask them, uh, you know, this this view, and this is really quite an ignorant view, but some will have it. Well, my church is right about everything. My preacher, God would not let my preacher be wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. this sort of thing. And you say, well, do you believe everything the same that you believed 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. And what that ought to do logically is to disprove this axiom Mm -hmm. that their church is right about Mm -hmm. everything, right? Because they don't. They change something. They, you know, we decided we needed to Give more to the poor than we were doing. Okay, well, there's a change, right? You know, um, so you and I um, have overturned a lot of thinking through the years. Yes. And we, when we hear, you know, something new, we're like, you know, we take time to think through it. Plus, we have each other that we talk through. And now we have James to just talk through these ideas with. And, you know, you go and research and, and just does this add up? And so, um, but I think also, you know, it is, it's worth researching new ideas because, um, because if it's true, I want to know it. But also, I just feel like you're missing out every, a lot of the new um, ideas, probably all of the new ideas um, that I have learned through these past 20 years that you and I have known Mm -hmm. each other, they have just made the picture of God so much better. Absolutely. And so what would I have missed out on if I had not been, you know, to consider those things? Yes. And so this whole of learning about the whole um, unseen realm is uh, somebody else refers to it. Michael Heiser. Michael Heiser refers to it. But um, and then knowing uh, the divine counsel and seeing God's plan through time, it just makes the whole picture to me of what, you know, real, more real and what God has you know done done through those times i i would have never known this so it's just it's uh made me think 
more of God, you know, better or something, you know, closer to God and, and all of this kind of thing to just sort of open up the picture to see what's what's out there. You bet. But, you know, a lot of people don't do that. They will not uh, research anything. Mm-hmm. And it, what you're saying, that reminds me of my little saying I came up with about how people think different things about God. Mm-hmm. But my saying was, no matter what you think about God, he's better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which is like really cool because he's like infinitely better than we mm-hmm. could fathom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let me say this, uh, and we're still in the middle of talking about the people who think that this is about the Constitution being the supreme law of the land. We're going to get back to that. But uh, about thinking a thing through, let me tell you what I've learned. And this is just off the cuff here, or off the spur of the cuff, as James <laughs> yeah. and I have been have been messing it up lately on purpose. Um, I learned this habit when you're in a debate with somebody or an internet discussion or you're reading somebody's case they're making, you know what happens if you actually go look up everything they say to vet it, whether it's true or false or partially true or false? You know what happens? They get irritated with you really quickly. Well, that's if you tell them what you find, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What happens is you find out that most people, not all, mind you, but most, are very sloppy in their arguments. They'll shoot from the hip. Oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, Ecclesiastes 2 says this. And you go look it up and like, no, that doesn't say that exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll come up with stuff like, you know, cleanliness. Listen, wait, wow, what a tongue twister. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm-hmm. And ask them, well, book, chapter, and verse on that. Well, I, it's probably Proverbs. No, it's not in the Bible at all, right? Yeah. And so uh, they're they're shooting from the hip on... Poor memory things. And it often goes to, they'll say, well, whatever, the the principle is still there. The idea is still there. It's there somewhere. And so whatever, you're just, you're being picky or, you know. Right. Okay. And so, and indeed you could be picky. I'm I'm not suggesting we, we take this kind of ruthless stance with debating people. Like where you pick on their spelling. Well, like, right. Okay, really, that's contentless, right? right. But mm-hmm. but it's easy pickings mm-hmm. if somebody misspells a bunch in a post or something. But here's what I'm saying. Most people are pretty sloppy in what they believe and how they uh, support it or defend it. And so if you go vet everything, suddenly you're in a whole new world where you realize, man, this guy doesn't really know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And again, not everybody. There are some people who mm-hmm. get it right. So here's part two. You're ready to respond to the guy mm-hmm. in what he wrote. What if you were to vet your own arguments before you put them? Yes, on? that would Don't be, be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the American way, right? Yeah. Okay, what if you say, well, he's wrong about that. You know, uh, uh, Ephesians 2 says such mm-hmm. and such. Well, what if you actually went and looked it up and be sure it says what you're Mm -hmm. going to say it says, Mm -hmm. right? Well, this is a kind of intellectual diligence and responsibility that is sadly very, very uncommon. Yeah, and you know what's really sad about that is us living in this technological age with all the... So being online, you have time to look something up before you respond. Yes, you do. But people will still be like they're in the moment with the person and just shoot back at them without thinking. And how odd is that when you've been given this opportunity to think before you respond? Well, it shows really that we don't care all that much whether uh-huh. we're right or not. Mm-hmm. We may care about what our beliefs are. Well, I believe very strongly that you're wrong. Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks for expressing that. But 
what reason do you have to believe that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, I don't know. And I, we've been across that Mark Twain quote again about people just sort of meme culture, hearsay right. culture, passing on stuff they heard mm-hmm. from some other guy who didn't check it out himself either. Well, I think to, to me, it uh, people come across as, in the situation you're describing, they take offense because it's about them. Yes. And so, you know, you are challenging something, you know, my belief system or my, you know, whatever, you're challenging me. Well, let's, no, I, I, we're really talking about the thing that we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> not not you. Okay, so, and, so you know, we're in a discussion, say, about some proposed new law, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you discover, well, a couple of people are talking about the actual particulars of the law and, and what might that do, what would its implications be. But a third party in this discussion is really all about himself and his defense of it. And, and it turns out, oh, he's the one who drafted the <laughs> right. drafted the thing and he's defending his own you know, honor, mm-hmm. he thinks, or something, right. right? And so rather than, hey, come on, let's think this thing through together, see what problems there might be, anything that needs to be addressed and so forth. He doesn't have that spirit about it. He's defensive. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's wonderful and his work is wonderful and he right. wants it passed. And if you don't vote for me, you must something must mm-hmm. be wrong with you. Right? And that's the kind of thing, again, he's not decoupling mm-hmm. from what he walked in the room with in order to mm-hmm. consider new information, disconfirming information. Right. Like and, and, and there's not even the thought with a person like that that people could actually be concerned about the matter and not about... Them. Not about him, yes. And so, um, and, you know, perhaps because they know that's how they operate, <laughs> like they're going to just, you know, challenge people or that guy just, you know, I don't like that guy or so I'm just whatever he says. That's how they operate. They, so it doesn't cross their mind that, no, actually, I'm just talking to you about this material here. I don't, whatever, you know, about you. Right. Um, right. And I, I do think a lot of people take things very personally. They're not mm-hmm. able to... Uh, decouple mm-hmm. and let's just look at the facts and let them be mm-hmm. whatever they are and uh, and you know and I have lots of ideas myself uh, and frequently people can find problems with them and it may not be like a total uh, crash and burn kind of thing but hey you know if you do this you're going to need to find a way that the six-year-olds also have something to do during mm-hmm. this time oh yeah gee I didn't think about that thanks so much right right mm-hmm. this is a very very good thing mm-hmm. so I'm able to see it through their eyes now I'm I may require okay prove it to me that there's a problem here mm-hmm. right. that they're not just shooting from the hip mm-hmm. right yeah. and sometimes they will but uh, this is a good thing that kind of uh, working together collaboration so uh, the the guy who says okay Romans 13 you got to understand in our government, the, the king here is the Constitution. This is the rule of law. This is Lex Rex. You know, the law is the king and not uh, Rex Lex. The king is law, all right? Okay, so they, they take a more sophisticated view. They're not looking at the humans in the seats of government. They're looking at the rules of the government of which the Constitution is the highest. Okay. Uh, like I thought of concerning things on the other side, for those who are thinking it's just the humans themselves and whoever is the president or the speaker of the house, you know, you don't, you don't push against those people because they're God's people. Well, there's some problems with this view too. Uh, first of all, both major parties violate the constitution regularly. Yeah. And I know that everybody in this country will agree with half of what I just said. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. They, they're totally like, Oh, you're, 
you're whatever, you're Demublican, you you uh, violate the Constitution, mm-hmm. your party does. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, so do the Republicans. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so, and, and well, maybe one side does it more or less than the other. Okay, maybe, and we could look at that. And that would probably be very interesting study mm-hmm. to do. Right. And we'd learn a lot, but we're not going to talk about that here. Mm-hmm. But uh, what does it mean if you're in a political party whose elected leaders regularly... Uh, violate, undermine uh, the Constitution that God, God Himself right, instituted. Right, right. What does that mean? Yeah. That means Didn't you it, vote for these guys? Right, yeah. and so you really ought to be uh, holding them accountable. In fact, you helped God get these guys elected against the people in the other party that voted for the other guys. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah. again, it's it's the implications if you believe that. If you believe that Romans 13 is talking about that very thing, then then what does that mean that you really ought to be doing? Well, don't you have to disavow your party? Hey, wait, time mm-hmm. out. Stop the press. Mm-hmm. This is unrighteous. Right. We can't do this. Right. I can't support a party that's going to regularly violate the mm-hmm. Constitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else which, could you do? Which, incidentally, is kind of what people should do uh, regardless of this passage. Right, but uh, oh yeah, just yeah. on the, on the principle itself, right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be that God specifically wrote the Constitution and it's his uh, his own thing. Uh, it's just the way the government's meant to run, and you know. Yeah, I wonder if people like that were a part of a church that was constantly uh, disobeying, you know, especially the leaders disobeying laws that they believe are there in Scripture. Would they continue to support? their little congregation or what would you do so you know you've got okay i believe this thing is from god this document is from god and so you ought not to violate it well you know so (laughs) do they let that go you know in their in their church i don't think so so. well for example when the uh constitution early on before uh, slavery was unconstitutional Mm -hmm. right uh, if you believe that slavery was evil and sinful, mm-hmm. and yet your government accommodates it and right. lets it happen and regulates the trade of that mm-hmm. and all that, what would you do in that situation? Well, it, first of all, remember, if you're thinking this, you're thinking that God somehow wanted it to be like this. Yeah, so, yeah, that's... Now, how do you yeah. handle that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a thing. If God wrote the Constitution, why is it imperfect? Now, and let me stop you right there just for a second, because... Some people may very well think that God actually wrote it or had it written by people. Okay. Others might think that God said, well, we'll let them work it out for themselves and whatever they do, I'll institute it with the rubber instituted stamp, right? (laughs) Or something like this, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be too strict on that one point. But what you're saying is if God wanted it this way, then why is it this way? Why is there something so egregious as slavery uh, that is accommodated by this system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a tough one. Well, and it I, is. Th- I think you have to answer. If you well, hold this position, you have to answer. Is God just slow? Did it took all the way until after the Civil War to get this fixed? You probably don't want to say God is slow. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> God didn't think of it. Well, God evolved in this time to a higher morality than well, he had. But, He's know, yeah, silly, that's, right? That's, okay. yeah. right? You Not don't say that God is slow, but we, you know, people say, oh, he's patient. I mean, they're going to use things like that. So. Is he patient with himself? 
well, I know I didn't do a great job on that U.S. Constitution, but I'll be patient with myself. And in a few decades, mm-hmm. we'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. Oh, so they'll figure out to do better than God. Right. Right. Yeah. And this is just so problematic. I, and, you know, I, we're not, I'm not trying to uh, slather on the ridicule here, mm-hmm. but these are difficult well, things to answer. What you're saying here, because it is true that, you know, our Constitution is, this is the way it works. It is the supreme law of the land. You know, these, these words are true and that we ought to go by it and we should hold people accountable that aren't. When people make, you know, people have... I mean, we as citizens are supposed to be going by it and whatever, you know, our state laws are, but um, uh, but people that take a, an oath mm-hmm. to uphold it really ought to be um, not violating it. So, Do you it, know why they take that oath? Uh, because I have studied this for a long time. Okay, why do the they re- take it? Why would a guy who has no intention of following the Constitution take that oath? Because it's tradition. To get into office? Well, because they won't let him in the office if he the, doesn't say right, this lie. Right. Yeah. If you don't tell this lie, we're not letting you yeah. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's lovely. <laughs> that's it. And, of course, who is going to challenge this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get thrown out of office here for violating your pledge. Almost never. Yeah, very rarely. Right? And almost never does someone not violate the pledge in some way or other. Yeah. And probably 90% plus of what our government does is unconstitutional. Right? So let let me just read a a short list of things that came to mind. Like the the Federal Department of Education. Uh, They have got all up in the business of the local school systems all across the country, but the Constitution does not uh, create that department. It does not allow that department. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to have that department, if you think this is a good idea, what do you have to do? Would you have to write an, a proposed amendment uh, to the Constitution? Then you have to get the Congress or the states to mm-hmm. uh, to uh, approve it. You have to be ratified by three quarters of the states. Well, that is difficult. That is 38 states, if I recall, that you have to get to sign off on this thing. Yeah, we want this now to be in the Constitution. Uh, It's much easier to cheat here, especially when everybody says, well, they're cheating. (laughs) Let's cheat too. Well, mom, all the other kids are doing it, right? Okay, so your kids, if you're a public school, your kids are going to a school that your tax dollars are helping to pay for the Department of Education. All of our tax dollars are not just Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so uh, what about the Federal Reserve Bank? Yeah, it's not in there. It's not. Yeah, that's nowhere authorized. There's no such thing as a central bank in mm-hmm. that. Uh, and this has been a problem since the very beginning from mm-hmm. the first bank in the United States, mm-hmm. which is a fascinating story to read about. I mentioned mm-hmm. that in my novel some. Uh, and in fact, I remember you were talking earlier about people just not wanting to know the truth mm-hmm. of a thing that's troubling. Yeah. And I remember telling a relative some years ago about the fractional reserve banking and the uh, and, and the bank, the Federal Reserve Bank, and what an evil fraud a scam it is Mm -hmm. and his response was i think i'd rather keep believing in santa claus Mm -hmm. (laughs) what a thing yeah right Mm -hmm. okay well i can understand that and i'm very glad he said it if he kept his mouth shut like everybody else uh, tends to do i would not have learned what he was thinking yeah Mm -hmm. right so i'm so glad he said it to me Mm -hmm. yeah and now because, I can pound on him for saying it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there's probably most other people are thinking the same thing. They just don't tell you. This That's is, right. This is why That's right. things don't change and you know, right. people don't respond to this or that. And so. that's why I think people go silent so often because I'm in constant discussions mm-hmm. online or in person with people. 
and they go quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is this? Um, the the ninety nine one rule or the one nine ninety rule of the internet mm-hmm. goes something like this. This is just observed behavior that one percent of the people who are going to be on a website uh, will create content. Nine percent of the people who are there will interact with that content, mm-hmm. and the other ninety percent are lurkers. Mm-hmm. They'll read it, but they are not going to say a peep about it Mm. hardly ever. Mm. Well, if that's how our culture is like generally, wow. Mm -hmm. Because there's 90% who aren't going to say anything, you never know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't either. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe they have ideas, but they're never going to test them because they won't get out and and talk about these ideas around with people. And they won't research them themselves. Okay, what about, um, oh, here's a good one. How about foreign aid? Hmm. Does the Constitution authorize the United States Congress to write checks to other countries? No, no not at all. Not even close. Yet we do it anyway. Right. Yeah. And we do it all the time. And it's More done. More to write checks to people with it. Well, welfare. Welfare is next right. on my list, right? Okay, right. Yes. Is, is it a good idea to help people? Yes. We could debate that on right. how it should be done. Right. But is it legal to do it under our Constitution? Right. No. Not even remotely. You have to go amend the Constitution to do it. But then that would be the honorable thing to do, the responsible, mm-hmm. diligent thing to do. But, but are it would we take that? too long. In yes. the end, justify the means. It's an emergency. Yes, it was for a good cause. Yeah. This, by the way, I recommend every day the book uh, by Dan Ariely called The Honest Truth About Dishonesty, mm-hmm. where he talks about uh, certain uh, tests they did with people to see how they behave. If they're able to cheat on a math test, will they do it? Yeah. And then how much will they cheat? And if they have a, quote, good reason or a good cause for cheating or stealing or lying, they're more apt to do it. Uh, this, I believe, is a true generalism about how people behave. And so, uh, hey, here's next on the list. What about the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency? Yeah. Lots of laws here about right. stuff to do. There's OSHA that governs how you can... You know, where you can put this and that in your shop, in Mm -hmm. your workplace. What about NASA? NASA is super cool, right? The rockets Mm -hmm. and spacemen and all this. Okay, and women. Spacemen, that's an old old term. I'm 55, so sorry. Okay, so uh, is NASA a good idea? Maybe so. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's a fantastic idea. Is it legal? No. (laughs) It is cheating. Yeah. It well, is gonna, it is not legal for it to be run by the federal government or overseen or paid for or all Well, that's these right. Things. That's right. If Walmart wants to start their own space agency, well, that's Well, yeah, fine, Elon but, uh, Musk, you know, with his yeah. Elon Musk, am Who's I that? not saying it right? No, you're He's joking. joking. I'm joking. I know, oh, I know okay, cuz yes. you're 55, but yeah. hey, I'm yeah. older. But, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yes, it's you know, all these things wonderful ideas, private citizens are free, you know. Yeah. Even the astronaut farmer, you know. Can build his rocket, but yes. So if we were going to be responsible grown-ups, we would say, "Hey, we got to stop NASA until we can amend our constitution mm-hmm. to allow for that, mm-hmm. right?" And especially if we're going to say, "Yes, God instituted this constitutional mm-hmm. uh, plan here, this structure, this system," so we had better be diligent with it, or no, nah, let's just cheat. Okay, mm-hmm. no what matter a- how go good we think the thing is, why should we go against what God has written to do it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, God hasn't stopped us. <laughs> Surely, if he didn't like this, he would come down and tell us so. Yeah. You, I suppose somebody could argue that. I don't know. One, one thing I think is, you know, for uh, the people who really like the idea of total democracy, uh, why would you not want to 
give the power over to uh, what is necessary to amend the Constitution to allow for that. I don't think I said any of that well, but I hope... We'll try again. Yeah. um, uh, Instead of just making NASA be a thing by... um, Actually, how do they do that? It's basically a law of some sort. Yeah, they just write a law that says we're going to do this. Yeah, and so instead of that, uh, which is you know power in the Congress, uh, you do it right with an amendment, which is sort of more. I don't know. It's it's not in in the Congress. It's more general. Well, it would be the states saying that yes, we agree. That we're going to change the structure of this union of states yeah. to allow for a less limited view for the federal uh, role for the federal government. Yeah. So because it was a limited uh, union, only for certain reasons. Not for we're not supposed to be like the Borg, where everybody's assimilated into the great you know monolithic yeah. uh, structure. And so uh, we would be saying, okay. We think it's time to change the structure to allow this further role of government, of central government, Mm -hmm. and that space should be our thing. And maybe it is time. Maybe that's a great idea. I am so not against NASA, uh, but I'm against doing what's illegal. So uh, I think if we... Can you imagine going to Jesus and saying, Jesus, do you think that we should keep violating the Constitution or that we should stop the presses and fix it regarding NASA? Mm-hmm. And he would say, oh, just keep on violating. No problem. I, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. I don't think so. If I've right. interpreted his character rightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where would he ever counsel somebody to be unruly? Or especially if if you turned him to Romans 13 and said, hey, interpret that for me. Tell me, what does this mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, yeah, it definitely means the Constitution. Then how could he possibly tell you to violate it? Yeah. So, um, do you have some more there that you wanted to say? Well, I do. <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, here's another great idea. Maybe the National Weather Service and uh-huh. NOAA, mm-hmm. uh, National something uh, of you know whatever NOAA stands for, NOAA, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, is that a good idea? Is it useful? Is it yeah, helpful? It you be. bet. Who's it helpful for? Uh, for hail fixer. <laughs> yeah, right, okay, I fix hail damage on cars, right? right? Yeah. No, and so yeah, if you no know where it's going to hail. Right. Yeah. Or where it did hail. Right. But uh, it's most useful for the insurance industry. Mm, and insurance right. and bankers, they're right up at the top of the food chain right. in the American market. They mm-hmm. are pretty much who runs everything. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to go Harry Potterish on you here creature lives to serve the house of bank. Mm, And so much of what happens is for big money investors and all that, right? And so that's when the rules get broken. So the insurance companies are the ones who want the national, the federal government to come up with a national weather service so that we can be prepared prepared. for storms Mm -hmm. storms coming and their losses are less and so forth, right? Okay. Is that a good idea? Maybe it is. Yeah. When I look at those, what we did as kids, when uh, when the kids are standing in the front seat of the car between mom and dad, yeah. going sixty down the highway, I'm like I don't think that's a good yeah. idea, right? And so the insurance industry has had big effects on this because they don't want to pay out right. for kids who died in wrecks like this, mm-hmm. yeah. and so they've had this whole big safety thing for decade mm-hmm. after decade. Mm-hmm. Okay, but is it the job of the federal government? Mm-hmm. to do that for them like OSHA does and right. like EPA sort of does mm-hmm. and, and like uh, what we're talking about here. 
Well, no, it's not. Uh, so should they have gone to amend the Constitution to allow for this? Yes. And, but if you throw it up for amendment, what's the danger? It, we'll that it won't happen, happen, It doesn't I guess. pass. Yeah. And then you don't get what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm a big bully and I'm a rich banker uh, system kind of guy. And I don't like not getting what I want. Yeah. So I'm just going to cheat. If I can get away with it through getting the government to do it, the, the senators that I know or whatever, mm-hmm. fine. That's how we're going to do it. If you could own the Congress, how much extra work would it be to own the states such that you can amend whatever you want? Oh, not much. Um, oh, oh, to get something passed in, in a ratified an yeah. amendment? Okay. Well, first of all, if there's... I guess we're getting deep into constitutional law here, <laughs> which is not really the plan. But we'll, we'll come back around in a minute. Um, it, first of all, unless you're going to have a constitution of the states to propose amendments, and people are scared to do that, and... We're not talking about that today. Uh, but unless you're going to do that, the Congress has to propose an amendment. Hmm. That's got to be done by votes in Congress. Well, uh, amendments get proposed all the time and hardly ever pass. We're up in the 20s now on amendments after 200 and something mm-hmm. years, right? right? So it's not a very common thing to happen. Uh, however, if you want to control the House and the Senate, that's 535 people. Hmm. How many do you have to own? You, own, you have to own the leadership in both houses and you're good to go. Yeah. As long as we keep this fake two-party system, which is not in the Constitution, yeah. as long as we keep that thing going where it's in balance just right and they keep changing their positions to stay equally balanced in numbers, mm-hmm. give or take, yeah. as long as you do that, all you have to do is control the leadership in both houses. That's five or ten people each side. So even if you got you know $100 million to work over against five people... Uh, how hard really would it be to bribe people who are not honest people? Yeah. Right? Okay. So anyway, uh, one more thing's on my list. Things that the federal government does that are unconstitutional, and we're talking about you, Mr. Taxpayer, Mr. Citizen, Mr. Voter, and your role in all of this. What about those stimulus checks that came out a few weeks ago for COVID-19? Mm-hmm. Did you take that money? <laughs> yeah, the Constitution does not allow right. for that money. That mm-hmm. is not theirs to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they wrote checks to millions of American families, and they will be continuing. That's I mean, yeah, it's it. likely. And of course, this is not the first mm-hmm. entitlement that has been created. Well, no, and we talked about welfare, you know, sure. earlier. Right, so, that's right. Yes. Okay, and so this is not theirs to give. And yet they're giving it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not their role, yet they're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so that's a theme that's, that will It is a through. theme, and it's been going on for so long with each of these things that we just don't even think about it anymore. It's just, you know. Exactly right. Constitution, constitution, <laughs> we don't even think about it. it, it it's become like it's okay because it's been, you know, precedent, right? So yeah. Because it's been done so much, so... Um, um, I wanted to say this before I forget that this also, this idea of that, oh, what, what it's Romans 13 is talking about is the constitution is also an Americocentric idea of the mm-hmm. Bible, because if that's what it's talking about, then is it not talking about every charter in every nation around the world? Then it's not just mm-hmm. talking about the American constitution. It'd be talking about you know any any piece of paper that you right. know, law. Would. Yeah, no matter the form of government in whatever country, right. Whatever's in writing, that's mm-hmm. got to be the. So thing they about. ought to um, 
you know, go by theirs and and all of that. And we ought not to, you know, be involved in making them not go by whatever their little, you know, their paper says. So it, if it applies to the American Constitution, it applies to every uh, government document, you know, every setup like that. Okay, so we've talked about both of these views separate from my uh, angel view of what this is about. And in both cases, it seems to me like the Christian in this human government or under this human government or under the written government, which also has humans involved, in both cases, they have to be very, very diligent. Otherwise, they're sinning against God or they're supporting sin mm-hmm. against God mm-hmm. by their taxes, if nothing else, yeah. by their votes, by their implicit agreement to whatever. Uh, and so think about this. If suddenly something wacky happens, um, I don't know, the local school board decides that they get to walk in your house anytime they want and be sure that your house is conducive to uh, the good life of a kid during his education and they have control over everything in your house and they can change the color of the carpet if, or demand that you go buy, yeah. you know, whatever. We would think that is uh, going beyond, yeah. right? Okay, well, that's the government. Right. Uh, yet that's not on paper. They don't have the right on paper. To, so, okay, so we're going to say, well, it's not the people, it's the paper. Okay, so then we go get picket signs to write against the people and their bad behavior in office. And where are we there? We're picketing against God, one group would say. We're picketing for God, another group would say. Hmm. Which is it? And suppose that you go down to the corner church to First Lutherist or, you know, Second Presbyterian or whatever church you might go to. Uh, you're going to have division in your church, yeah, over whether we should go picket the school board for this intrusion, mm-hmm, right? Or whether we, sh- uh, in which case you're a constitutionalist, mm-hmm. or whether we should allow them to do their thing, and you're the hum- human officerist uh, view, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What are, how are you going to handle this? Your church is split. Mm-hmm. So whatever shall you do? You just say, well, let's just pretend it's not an issue. Yeah. Or let's dig in and let's really study this and come to a well-educated view. Okay, well, what if not everybody wants the well-educated view? For instance, well, my uncle's on the school board. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. There's somebody with the, a bias or... or prone to having a bias at least right yeah so what do you do this has to be plaguing lots of churches churches are split over the masks and what to do mm-hmm. and are we allowed to sing some states say you're not allowed even to sing mm-hmm. and the churches are like hogwash that's nuts we're going to mm-hmm. obey god rather than man yeah okay but it's caused a lot of division and i submit that a lot of that division is because the christians aren't good at thinking in the first place mm-hmm. and so they're they're bamboozled by these things they're yeah. buffaloed. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. And suddenly it's a big opinion fest. Right. Yeah. And there's not any really solid, substantial ground from which the thinking can be done. Yeah, they have not been in the habit of thinking on just a daily basis about smaller matters. And so when this sort of bigger thing has happened, then it's like they've, they've got nothing to work with because um, it is not their way to think through things and... And if even if they choose to, they're they're so slow at it because they haven't been in the habit of it, and they're just you know. And then you're 
all kinds of things are going on because you f- you're feeling guilty about, oh, well, I should just obey and, you know, whatever's going on in your mind. And so you know what it, else? Um, in addition to what you're saying, there's also that that moral surrender. It's like in Frisbee where we've seen unruly kids playing ultimate Frisbee and the pass is made to the girl who's standing at the goal line and she catches it, but she's half a step from being over and what do some kids will say? Not all, but some kids are going to say, say, give it, to just her. give, give it, it to her. her. Just yeah. let her have it. Close enough. Right. It's close enough. Right. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. There's a rule to the game that defines what is and is not a score. Mm-hmm. And she has not satisfied the rule mm-hmm. for the score. Yet some people either think they're kind by doing this mm-hmm. or they hate the conflict of, well, I'm sorry, Sally, but you didn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still in play. You'll have to throw mm-hmm. it to somebody who is in the end zone so mm-hmm. they can catch it. Uh, for whatever reason, doesn't really matter. But that is—we uh, have a name for that. It's called cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's socially fashionable in some circles to do that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit too about some other dumb junk that is socially fashionable. Uh, I'm uh, preparing to teach a constitution class here in our community, uh, both to some of my homeschool kids, but also to members of the community at large. And it's just going to be an introduction to the Constitution where I spend eight hours uh, hopefully starting you thinking about it in your own mental business and hopefully uh, starting conversations at your house or between you and your friends uh, so that we get Americans thinking about the document Mm -hmm. rather than just arguing about it without thinking, (laughs) without reading it, right? Okay, so uh, I posted about this and then here comes a fellow making comments claiming to be a constitutional law professor. And okay, this is going to be interesting, right? Uh, and he's telling me my quiz and quotation marks has problems. And, and I won't bore you with the details of the whole uh, ridiculous conversation. Uh, however, it, in, at length, he starts talking about that he believes that the Constitution is a, a living document. Or uh, some people, and this goes back to Woodrow Wilson's era, to a living, breathing document. Well, what does that mean? Now, I'm going to, uh, for those of you who are bored by the Constitution, I'm going to tie this over into the Bible really quickly. But the idea is, oh, this document, it says what it says, but it can say, oh, so much more hmm. uh, because it's living, breathing. And, and we can gain things from it that you might not find in the actual words, but we just no. Yeah. We just know. We just know, yes. Oh, just give it to them. Yeah, just, just let them have it. Everybody, okay. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is uh, this guy, he, he says the Constitution says whatever the courts say it says. Mm-hmm. And so we can't discuss just the document. We have to discuss what the courts for the last couple hundred years have said right. about the document. Mm-hmm. And this idea is called precedent, if you know mm-hmm. anything about law. Okay, well... Where in the Constitution does it say that precedent is what the Constitution means? Or that precedent is the way to get at what the Constitution says? Right. Well, you can just feel it in there. (laughs) If it's not here, because we've talked about, you know, adding amendments to, you know, amending the Constitution to add things. But their way of saying, well, it's not here, but... You know, if precedent, it's like precedent is this, the precedent is become the amendments or something. They're over yeah. in another document because they're in the law records of some case here and there, but somehow they have become part of 
uh, this document without really becoming part of that document. You have probably not seen a TV show or movie about the law where you didn't see some precedent name from some, right. oh, you know, 1947, right, such and such right, case, right? right. The court found that blah, blah, oh, really? They, well, oh, that's why, we I mean, they show on the shows with all those, they're running to the, their law books to read all the records, and they go, go find a case, go find a case that did this, you that's know, right. and, and they find something from 1937, you know. and <laughs> Right, and where is that described in the Constitution? Nowhere that I know of. I it, is, it, is, yeah. it is in the same exact section where the two-party system is described. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's not there. And yet it's such a common part of American thinking about law and all this. So if I want to talk to the guy about what the First Amendment says, he's got to remind me of a 1947 case mm-hmm. that says what it says. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't we look at the actual text? It is mm-hmm. indeed written down. Right. Oh, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. So... I point out to him, you know, this is rather cult-like. Mm-hmm. It's the leaders in this generation-to-generation generation cult right. of of Constitution uh, avoid or uh, violators, mm-hmm. and you've got to go because you're you're part of this cult. You're part right. of the crew. You got trained in the law school, right? With them or by them, right? And so you only believe what they say, unless it helps you in some certain case to be what they call a constructionist. Or an originalist, where you actually go by the real words. <laughs> How ridiculous. So this is why it takes so many years to get through law school, because you've got to be studying all this other stuff, and which isn't even, you know, things that aren't in the law, or to be able to add to it, or and all of that. So, um, yes. But it, it does seem like they're in this secret club or something, because they know stuff that we don't know. And, right. You know. Right. So all those challenges to me, to me are, I dare you to... Find me a precedent for what you're saying. Yeah. I'm like, uh, the Constitution is a pretty good precedent, right? <laughs> that precedes it all. So. Right. Okay. Now, now, why am I talking about this? Uh, he needs to do certain things uh, to cheat. He, he does not like the Constitution as it is. He wants more latitude in government than they're allowed in the Constitution. So he needs to cheat. He needs to broaden the scope of governmental powers to allow whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. All right? So... For example, uh, he has to bring in the word privacy to the Constitution, although the word's not in there. But he needs it in there because with that word, look what all kind of other stuff he can justify, right? Mm -hmm. In Roe v. Wade in 1973, they referred back to a tricky thing that was done in a formal case with, uh, with Griswold, where the majority opinion of the court says, well... You can see in the emanations of the penumbra of the Constitution the the certain rights that we're talking about people having. Well, a, a penumbra is like the if you see the old the, the medieval paintings of the saints with a glow around their heads, sort of the haloish kind of mm-hmm. glow. This is the penumbra, mm-hmm. and it's sort of emanating out, sort of you know, light uh, or pulsing out of it or something like this. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's waxing rhapsodic here. He's saying. Oh, you look at the Constitution, you can just see it pulsing with light from certain sections. And we can just tell by looking at that light that uh, murdering your unborn baby is a human right. Right. It's clear as day. It's obvious. Yeah, right? Okay. Well, I think that's uh, kind of ridiculous. In Mm -hmm. fact, I think it is so ridiculous that it is uh, flat out wicked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of this is like, okay, so you're saying... The Constitution is so poorly written that you have to uh, 
pull out things that aren't even written in there. Uh, and this guy it seems to be acting like it's so poorly written, you need... Uh, you have to have some certain high education to be able to understand it. You have to be a judge, right? And so just a normal person can't just read the document. Well, it's it a says. living, breathing thing. So those of us who understand, James, that this is a living, breathing thing, we can hear it whispering to us yeah. because we are the enlightened ones. Yeah. We have the knowledge, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, the, to me, the reason that things are written down you know, way back to, and I know there were other laws written down, but I just think about God, you know, with the Ten Commandments and then right. other things that he had written, is so that there is a place to go. There is order. There is clarity because you can specifically go and read words. But when you have all this nebulous, like, feelings of, of that, there is no order there. There is there is no control. There's no consistency. And so... Um, it you know it obviously can be manipulated anyway, and it, it's sort of the um, you know I never know which way this is going to turn because uh, you know you could use it this way or that way, and so it's just odd that we're you're, you're going to base that your law study on feelings and emanations and such. Of course, it's absurd to uh-huh. the objective observer. Right. But they're right in the middle of it; they can't see they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I wanted to talk about this is not only because we're you know, talking some about the Constitution, Mm -hmm. but because this same kind of mental error and the same kind of moral error Mm -hmm. happens a lot in Christianity. I know tons of Christians who are just insecure people. They're grown up, they got kids and all this, but they are at their core not very solid and they're constantly worried about this or that and blown Mm -hmm. back and forth on their decisions on this or that. Then something big like COVID-19 hits and as we were saying, they don't really know how to handle mm-hmm. a thing on this scale, mm-hmm. right? And this happens constantly. And so they do the same kinds of things with the Bible. I remember people saying, oh, well, yeah, Jack, but you know, the, the, the biblical principle of discipleship uh, backs us up and we decide we're going to uh, have everybody in the church have their own individual discipling partner who will mm-hmm. tell them how to live their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't really see that in the Bible. Oh, but it's the biblical principle of discipling. Mm-hmm. You'll see it as far back as Uncle Jethro telling Moses Uncle to split Jethro. the people into, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, right? And so, and this is what they do. They'll take this principle. Here's another one. And this comes up with COVID-19. Oh, disputable matters. Mm-hmm. Right? And they'll, they'll quote to you. I've got it written down here somewhere. Um, Hebrews, uh, I don't know where this is. I just didn't write down what book it's in. Uh, this has got to be First Corinthians. Except uh, the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. Mm-hmm. This is the NIV here. Uh, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak only eats vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, that much I just read is way more than most people read. They just get to that first line, don't quarrel over disputable mm-hmm. matters. And they'll think, well, look, this matter is being disputed. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it must be a disputable matter <laughs> and we must not dispute it. Right. Yeah. So right. everybody just shut up and we'll be right. fine. Mm-hmm. Well, how come half of us showed up? Uh, shut up with a mask and the other half showed up uh, shut up without a mask we're not going to be fine this Mm -hmm. is a serious conflict Mm -hmm. right yeah and so one thing i noticed this years ago a lot of people like to bring this passage up especially when you're disagreeing with them yeah Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and two things happen. Uh, three things. One is, Paul said what is disputable, not what is disputed. Mm-hmm. So we need to know, well, Paul, what would you consider disputable or not? Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, today, a lot of people would think that homosexuality among Christians is a disputable thing. Why? Because a lot of people dispute it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But would Paul... He didn't. ...allow it to be disputable? Absolutely not. No. You're not doing that here. That is not fit for God's people. Right. Because God's people take a, uh, a, a holy view mm-hmm. of sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so that is not proper. Paul would never have allowed that Mm -hmm. to be disputed. And so in this passage, what Paul is talking about is food and holidays. Mm -hmm. Those are the only examples of disputable matters he Mm -hmm. brings up. Who are we to go with our list of 50 things that we don't talk about at church Mm -hmm. because they're disputable? Right. Yeah. How do we know that Paul would have said, shut up, don't talk about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing that I see a lot is, okay, you don't wear the mask. I wear the mask. And this says that you can't judge me because I wear the mask. Hmm. Right. Well, it keeps going. Right. It says (laughs) that the one who's eating the food Mm -hmm. and the one who's not eating the food, food. neither one Mm -hmm. can judge the other for this. Oops. Yeah. Right? So a lot of people just commandeer this verse and use it for their own cheating. Mm Mm-hmm. And they don't really want to think it through, and they don't want to know if Paul would think it's disputable or not. Mm-hmm. Yet this is the kind of thing, oh, bro, it's the biblical principle of uh, not eating meat. <laughs> you know, look, Daniel didn't eat meat for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, therefore I'm in sin if I mm-hmm. you know, eat my little organic ground beef, right? Mm-hmm. And so, no, this is cheating. Mm-hmm. But this is the way so many people in our culture, because in our culture we don't, pay much attention to mental education, to Mm -hmm. intellectual, cognitive learning and how, and, you know, methods, best practices and all that. We Mm -hmm. don't care about that. And the churches don't much either. And it really costs us a lot, especially in things like this, where you can buffalo a whole congregation into having a a subject be taboo Mm -hmm. because supposedly something Paul said about food. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So this has caused a lot of damage and our inability as a society to think well through things has just complicated the matter. It's exacerbated the whole thing. And then the number of people who are, well, I just know it's about the government. Okay. Well, you know, you're really not helping. Uh, But even if you're right, you had better be seriously worried that you're not coming under the judgment of the lake of fire. Yeah, because of all these ways that you're the government is sinning against God and the ways that you sin against the government. You know, when you don't, when you drive over that speed limit, uh, didn't in your version here, your model, didn't God, it's the one who put that sign up there. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Well, I don't care about you, God, I'm going three miles <laughs> over. Right. right. Yeah. So you had better get your head together. Mm-hmm. And even if you think it's the constitution, which I, if you're going to get it wrong, I prefer that answer to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, look at your country. It is one big transgressing mess. Mm-hmm. Because the Constitution, I would be surprised if 95% of what the federal government does. Wait, how do I say this? I think that fewer than, less than 5% of mm-hmm. what the federal government does is it's actually like allowable mm-hmm. under the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Does anyone look at a new law and think first, Hey, is this allowed by the Constitution? 
Right? Does anyone do that A anymore? few, but not yeah. many. This is what I was saying earlier. If you learn, if you're in debate or heavy discussion with somebody, just do this. Slow, don't get buffaloed. Just slow down. Take your time. This is why debates in writing are so good over the spoken debates where you're in a hurry. Yeah. And your audience is in a hurry. You take your time. You vet everything they say. And if it's not like they say, we're stopping the presses. We're going to talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. What are you going to find? Well, if you find a guy like this uh, constitutional law professor I found, he ignores every time I show his errors. Mm-hmm. He will not reply. Mm-hmm. He told me that the phrase uh, separation of church and state comes from, quote, the Baptist in Virginia. Well, it doesn't. It comes from Thomas Jefferson, who was replying to the Danbury Baptist Association in Danbury, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And I informed him that Danbury, Connecticut is not Not in Virginia. Virginia. (laughs) And he he had no reply to this. Now, any fifth grader could say, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right, but no, he had no O O K in him. Mm-hmm. This is his way. He has to ignore all the correction given. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of Christians are like this. Even they're not like this with everything, and that's really good. But they're like this with a lot of things, where they will not listen. They will not consider that. You know what? Maybe I am wrong. Maybe there is more information. Maybe this puzzle is more complicated than I thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe I took somebody's word for how it all is, mm-hmm. and it's not that way. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking through this, okay, when you do that kind of stuff, what you're doing is you are listening, or you're answering before listening. And there's a proverb that says that that's foolish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You haven't really listened through, and yet you've mm-hmm. got an answer. Oh, well, no, I don't think it's a government. I think it's a constitution. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's think through that one, too. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. I will not think through that. Mm-hmm. It's better than the other one. I'm sticking with this one. Right. I don't care if it's got holes in it, right? And so um, you're putting your own, what, what you're not, not doing, what you're failing to do is to decouple from your own way of thinking and to consider it God's way. Mm-hmm. or to consider it the scientific way or consider mm-hmm. what math says or whatever the correction that's coming at you is. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're answering before listening. You're not paying, you're not putting out of your own mind the situation that's already in there mm-hmm. in order to consider the other thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not giving careful thought to your ways mm-hmm. and you're not valuing the Bible for what it's really worth. Mm-hmm. If you think that God somehow got this book to you, delivered it to your generation. And some mm-hmm. people think God had them write it word for word, planned mm-hmm. out. Uh, other people say, no, it didn't happen that way, but it was still God inspired. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a whole branch of study in mm-hmm. itself. But if you think God got you this book and you're not listening to what it says, mm-hmm. then is that not resistance to God? Mm-hmm. You know, a friend told me this week, he said, you know, I don't have time to study like I want to and like I know I should. And I told him, you know, if you gave me $2 million in my bank account mm-hmm. uh, so that I didn't have to work for a living, I would still have the same complaint you just said. Right. There's right? not enough time. There is so much here to study. Right. Mm-hmm. So I understand this is difficult. Right. And it's difficult for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, particularly difficult for people who don't want to study. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because well, Just they, because it can't all be figured out doesn't mean you don't keep going at it. So how can you say you're done? Well, that's like saying, well, I won't marry you because 
I want to be married forever and we're not going to be able to have that long. So let's yeah. just don't get married at all. Right. right? Yeah. So you get what you can get. You understand what you can. You mm-hmm. put together as much of the puzzle as mm-hmm. you can to understand what all God is talking mm-hmm. about. And I think it's a fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. And it is a very humbling thing because mm-hmm. uh, we are so not done yet. And even if we lived 50 more years, we're not going to get done. Right. The Bible is bigger than that. I have a lot of hope in the afterlife where this conversation is still going mm-hmm. and we get a lot more answers. Yeah. And we're going to feel pretty dumb mm-hmm. when God says what a passage is about. And we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was about... Yeah. You something. know, I think if you really, you do, you really believe that God exists. You really believe that he created us. He, he is our father. He is our creator. What do little kids do? They ask, you know, mommy, daddy, what was it like when you were a kid? Did you ever do this or that? You want to know about your parents' history and the things that they did. That's interesting to you to think about whatever your parents did in the past. And so why people don't want to know about their creator and what he did and, and all of that, I, it, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and we to talked me, about this last time. Yeah. yeah, we talked about the, the deplorable uh, lack of curiosity right. Right, and such. Uh, but here's the other thing. And I don't remember where this verse is, but it's in my head about taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Probably a psalm, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. What if you just looked into stuff mm-hmm. and then got hooked? Right. But so many are so busy. Mm-hmm. I do believe, although they won't put it to me in these words, but a lot of people are thinking, ah, I got church already. Yeah. I don't need to talk to you about the Bible, Jack. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, even when I have contradicted something they believe and mm-hmm. showed them a bunch of passages uh, in support, well, I don't need to look into that. Or often it's, well, I'm too busy. I got to make cookies for the Bible group or yeah. you know, <laughs> whatever kind of thing. But uh, this is difficult trying to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. It is very, very difficult. I had a friend tell me a number of years ago on a political point where I was just flat out wrong. And she said, I don't know what to tell you. You're just wrong. And she told me the better way to think about it. And she was totally right. And so I have been very thankful to her since that time. And I told her at that time, and I still tell her once or twice a year, hey, thanks for correcting Mm me. I was just being unfair and some political thing in my head. Um, And I remember getting corrected by people on various Bible points from time to time, for which I was very thankful. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. Because most people, I don't know how they got this way, but they'll think you're wrong and they're going to keep it to themselves. They're never going to tell you. So you don't get to discover if you're wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't get to discover if their correction mm-hmm. to you is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like we're dysfunctional people as Christians. And fortunately, this is not true of all believers, mm-hmm. but it's true of so many that it's a pretty good stereotype, mm-hmm. I would say. You know, I think about, and I know you're about to say so, I think about, because um, I haven't got to mention Charlotte Mason, but um, <laughs> she talks about mind to mind, talks about living ideas that they go on, an idea will produce, you know, you plant a seed and it will grow from it. And so when she talks about mind to mind, often she's talking about the student with the author or the composer, whoever, like the creator, they're meeting of the minds in that way. But living ideas, and this is something, you know, when you do read something in the Bible and it's a new, oh, I hadn't seen that before, it goes out, but then other people could just kill it because they're not interested in then just, oh, them thinking about it and then returning, you know, something to you, which builds on it. They're just, just let it die. (laughs) Just let it die right now. And so 
um, that's how you know learning can really happen if people will exchange ideas and just it will build on each other. And again, it's the idea that you can um, consider an idea without having to accept it. You can give it time and toss it back and forth. This is what we do. That's right. What's the hurry? Right. right. Well, I, I want to say this. I think that um, Americans are capable of thinking better than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, as a general rule, this is true of our culture. Just look at how little time is spent in school on good thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. right? And, and at home, when was the last time your family had a little powwow on good, you know, best habits, best practices mm-hmm. in thinking? Right? Mm-hmm. I think that our Constitution was written by some imperfect guys who were smarter than the average bear mm-hmm. and who knew more. A lot of them had studied the history. They knew about Rome and Greece and other right. cultures that had come before and how it had gone. Mm-hmm. They were not clueless. They were mm-hmm. not just starting from scratch. So they came up with this system to try to avoid some of the pitfalls that were common mm-hmm. in other governments in history. Well, that's good, but that's more high-minded than most Americans mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So... What are you going to do? And you Somebody's know, got to keep up the standard, right. keep educating people. And up the to people there, uh, they wanted to know what were they doing? What were those guys coming up with? And when those documents were done, they came out and they read them to the people. And regular people gathered in crowds to come hear these documents read to them. Yes. That the normal people cared yeah. about what these words said. And so now, but you know, the normal regular people don't. They don't care much anymore. That reminds me of a special time in the Bible when Israel, who did so poorly as a nation, mm-hmm. practically as a hobby, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> uh, under in Nehemiah and Ezra the scribe, they discovered the book of the law, and he reads it to the people, and they stood up for six hours as he reads mm-hmm. the whole law to them. They wanted to know. At that particular moment, that was probably one of the highlights of Israel's history right. on a day when just so many of them happened to be curious and interested. Mm-hmm. And they were convicted by uh, what they read. Mm-hmm. But I think also that the Bible is more high-minded. And uh, duh, look at the source. Right. Should we really be surprised right. if God, whose thoughts and ways are higher than our thoughts right. and ways, uh, if, if he uh, has his people put out a book that is not, necessarily easy to understand in every way Mm -hmm. Uh, so isn't this a test for us how much am i going to invest to learn this and to think Mm -hmm. through to consider it Mm -hmm. and of course this is the same thing we start theme we started on day one of this podcast Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm sure we probably should cut it off here soon but i really thank you for coming and sort of wrap up this idea thinking some more about the answers people want when i push back and say no i think it's the angels Mm -hmm. no no i think it's uh you know, City Hall or it's it's the, the Constitution. Well, if that's the case, my friend, you are in a really bad emergency mm-hmm. because of the ways that you yourself uh, push back against the government or the people in government and the ways you are c- complicit in cheating yeah. against it. Uh, if the very school you send your kids to is funded by the federal government and the Constitution doesn't say, allow that, well, you're in trouble. Yeah. And so I hope this is a bit of an eye opener. I hope it will cause you grief and maybe disabuse you of your habitual, what you tell yourself about these things so that you'll go find a better way. I think the angels is a better way. Hey, if I'm wrong about that, you know what I would love? 
somebody who's done enough homework to come show me, ah, I see why you think that, Jack, but here's the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. Here are the pieces of the puzzle you've missed. Let me show you and I'll explain it all better. But I'm pretty sure that that explanation is not going to come back. Oh, no, it was about the civil government all the time. Right. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But I'm open to seeing that. But it's very uh, lonely when you decide, hey, I want to vet everything. Because you don't find many friends who are of that same mindset. And so it's hard to get into these conversations. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I have you two at home Mm -hmm. where we can do this all the time. But... um, Anyway, that, I suppose, is where we should stop for today. And thank you so much for joining in. It's always mm-hmm. great to talk to you, too. Oh, yeah, always. Well, always yeah. <laughs> and we'll get this one posted and try to get another one up uh, within the next few weeks. It's my busy season at work, so that may be tricky. And our school's about to start soon in the middle of September. So hopefully once a month, at least, we can still keep one going. All right, thanks a bunch. Thanks for joining in. <laughs>